Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Welcome, everyone, to Project Management Office Hours, the number one live project management radio show in the U.S., broadcasting to you today from the Phoenix Business Radio X studios in Tempe, Arizona. I'm your host, Joe Puzz, PMO Joe, and for the next hour or so, we'll be talking project management with our special guests. Also today, very excited that we are introducing a new sponsor, PM Master Prep uh, will be sponsoring our show, and we're so thankful to have them supporting us. And uh, what we're going to do now is have a word from our sponsor. If you're studying for the PMP exam, how excited are you to memorize the 756 pages of the PMBOK? You see, when I was studying, I realized that cramming facts in my head wasn't only not going to help me pass, but it wasn't going to make me a better project manager. So I abandoned what the experts told me, and I created a method that delivered an above-target score without memorizing a thing. You heard me, memorizing nothing. The power of my method is in three simple changes that help you make and cement all the connections you need to ace the exam's situational questions. I've distilled my method into a book, e-course, simulator, and training class that transforms how you or your team learn PMP. My name is Scott Payne, and I want you to be successful in the PMP exam. Go to pmmasterprep.com and learn how my PMP training method works. And use the code PMOJOE to receive 20% off every product that will make you battle-ready for the PMP exam. So it's so great to have Scott and the PM Master Prep team joining us. And uh, what a fantastic offer as well, 20% off for our listeners. Visit pmmasterprep.com, use the code PMOJOE. And we're so excited to have Scott and the team on board. Also, PMO Squad is a sponsor of our show. And the PMO Squad is home of the purpose-driven PMO. Most organizations start with the what and the how of project management. But with the purpose-driven PMO, the PMO Squad focuses on the why. The purpose-driven PMO empowers people to deliver results. Visit thepmosquad.com to learn more about the purpose-driven PMO. Also want to take a moment to thank everyone at the Southwestern Ontario Canada chapter of PMI. I was out there last week to be a keynote speaker for their 16th annual symposium. Met some old friends such as Hussein Banakawala and uh, also made some future acquaintances that I think will be joining us as guests. So really appreciate the time out there and thank you so far, so much for having me. Also uh, one note on June 3rd, Eric Wright from Vets to PM will be joining me and the two of us will be out at Luke Air Force Base talking with them about transitioning from military duty into the civilian project management world. So if you're local here in Phoenix and want to catch Dr. Eric Wright or myself, we'll be together on June 3rd. A reminder to everybody that we are a live radio show. We're coming in at one o'clock today, a two hour time difference because we have a guest joining us from Australia. We're super excited, uh, but we are live so we can take questions from you via Twitter. So if you have a question for any of the guests, please tweet them in, tag them with hashtag PMO Joe, and we'll be able to get to them live on air. So I am beyond excited today for our topic and our guests. Uh, we have three great leaders with us, Elise Stevens, Cornelia Homewood, and Linda Stanton. Thank you all for being with us. And Elise, I wanted to go over to you, if you can introduce yourself to the audience, uh, listeners, and just share a little bit about who you are and, and what you've got going on. 
Well, thank you, Joe. It's so exciting to be on your show today. And um, I'm coming live from Brisbane, Australia, which is another day ahead, which is hard to wrap your mind around sometimes. Happy Friday. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is happy Friday. So I am an advocate for women in project management. And what that means is I'm all about giving women a platform, the knowledge, the skills, whatever they need to be successful project managers and to lift their visibility. And one of the ways that I do that is that I hold a yearly Celebrating Women in Project Management initiative. And this year it was 100. Fabulous women submitted their profiles, and next year I'm going to grow that. I'm just not sure how. Well, I think uh, what we're really fortunate about today, obviously having you and and hearing the Australian birds in the background makes me wish I was there (laughs) with you, right? We have two of the people that you feature, two of the women you had featured in your initiative are with us as well. One, Linda Stanton. Welcome back, Linda. You've been on before. Hi there. Great to be back. And uh, if you can, just share a little bit with our audience about you and what you've been up to since you were on last. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, So my name is Linda. Uh, I am the director of the PMO for a local software company called WebPT. We're a SaaS EMR for um, individuals in the therapy space. So PTs, OTs, speech language pathologists. Um, My role there is... All of the internal fun cross-departmental initiatives. So I get to do all of the fun stuff with all of my awesome coworkers at WebPT. Um, so what have I been up to um, in the last year? And I looked because I couldn't remember the date I was here. So it's been just a little bit over a year. Um, so a lot has been going on. Um, we've obviously had a lot at work, but also a lot personally. I'm pretty... Um, active in the animal advocacy realm. So I do a lot of volunteering with Arizona Animal Welfare League and stuff like that. Also volunteer with um, PMI. And this past weekend, I became a certified scrum master. Oh, congratulations. Been pretty busy. That's awesome. Well, welcome back. And Cornelia Holmwood, thank you so much for being with us. And we've got a connection to you. A former boss was on last episode. (laughs) And a current boss was on many episodes back. So welcome. Thank you. It's a small world. (laughs) So my name is Cornelia. I'm a PPM consultant, and so uh, supporting clients from discovery through implementation of their PPM initiatives. Um, I've coached PMs, I've helped build PMOs, and then I've managed projects in technology, finance, higher education, and the creative arts. I'm also a PMP. Um, I have my professional scrum master, so... (laughs) loving the agile world there. And then I also have my master's in project management from Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University. That's awesome. Thank, Thank you, you so much for being on. And today, really, the, the topic is celebrating women in project management, right? Uh, getting the three of you together is, uh, I, I think, a bit of a coup for me, and I appreciate <laughs> all of you making yourselves available. And that's really what I want to talk about at least you had mentioned 100 women, I think 24 or 25 different countries were featured this past year. How did you come up with this idea and what has been the kind of the impact of it? How all this came about is that in 2017, a a very well-connected woman here in Australia called Dr. Kirsten Ferguson had a year of celebrating women, 365 days, two profiles a day. And I was blown away by what she was trying to do in raising the profile of women. And so I was looking at that and I was thinking, hey, I can do that 
for women in project management. And the reason I thought that there was a need was that I looked around and our voices just weren't there. They, very few people, very few women were blogging. They were hardly ever on podcasts. There were very few running podcasts of their own. And I just felt that if we're not visible, then our voices aren't being heard and then we're not being part of the community and influencing the way we deliver projects. And this is why Celebrating Women in Project Management was born. So the first year I did, um, 50 fabulous women submitted their profiles and I thought, okay, I know how to do this and um, I can improve upon this. And so I did 100 this year. And so I've been really pleased with the response. Has anything surprised you like since you when you since you started? Yes, I the thing that surprised me is the generosity of people in the PMI community and for sharing and commenting and celebrating people that you work with. I know that one person I know of here in Brisbane, I saw that people that she worked with said, you know, you do a fabulous job. And, um, you know, we think you're a great project manager. And I just thought that it was a great way to get feedback from the people we work with or that we've worked with previously. I was surprised by the diversity of reasons about how we can help other women and why we enjoy being project managers. You know, I think it's kind of interesting to be able to Again, I'm the, the one man in the room, right? So it's it's hard for me to understand and appreciate, obviously, why it's important to have this. But having had other guests previously who are on the show who are women, and they talked about some of the challenges that they've had as women in project management. When I saw you were doing your initiative, I said, I, I knew I need to bring this topic on and talk about it. I, obviously, I can't, but I'm so excited to have all of you talk about this. So Linda, what what did this mean to you and why did you want to participate? I thought it was a really unique initiative and kind of a, an interesting time for me. I have um, found, I love what I do, but I found at times it can be um, a little bit isolating sometimes because you're typically not on a team of, you know, 50 project managers. It's one project manager and a bunch of other individuals. So I like to find ways where I can reach out to other project managers just so you can mm-hmm. kind of talk about your day-to-day and some other challenges you have. Um, but in my past, I haven't really found a lot of other women project managers. There are some, don't get me wrong. Um, so it was kind of nice to see the focus on that um, and see that there are a lot of us out there. <laughs> <laughs> And Cornelia, how about you? What what drew you to this? Um, so at the time that I learned about the initiative, we had um, a small team of project managers and one of um, the women was moving on. So we were replacing her and we were doing interviews and I was looking through all of the applicants and the majority of them were men. And I was thinking, where are all the women? <laughs> <laughs> So, and because, you know, there's more applicant men and there's more men being interviewed. It's just statistics. So for me, it just was the right timing to feel like, hey, we got to get our names out there. And, and I've been surprised by how many women have been featured. It's just been phenomenal to know that we're all out there. Mm-hmm. And obviously in the, in the world, right, there's the whole Me Too movement. And there, there's a lot of right. social consciousness going on right now and understanding mm-hmm. the 
inequalities between the sexes in the workplace and elsewhere. Mm -hmm. So I think it's great to have. Has this been empowering? Has it been liberating? Is <laughs> which kind of the the tangential experience that's come from this? Um, for me, I think it's really just more empowering. I I don't know about liberating or anything else. Um, I've always felt, you know, respected most of the time in, um, especially in my current role. Um, but I think it's just great to know that there's, you know, power in numbers and there's a lot of people out there who maybe are going through the same things or have had similar experiences in the past. Um, and then it's also a great way, um, you know, at least platform. I don't know that, um, Cornelia and I would have reached out to each other or, mm -hmm. or met otherwise. And so, you know, it's nice to have that platform and a way to see other people and be able to reach out to them. Yeah, and I think when I look through the list, uh, Naomi Cayetti, Ruth Pierce, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. Linda yourself, and obviously Cornelia now on the show. Jan Schiller has been on the show. So there were several, Dana Brownlee, I think, uh, several folks that were on our show. And I said, man, I feel good about me be, <laughs> like trying to help spread this yes. message and get it out there. Elise, tell us a little bit more about what you do in your podcast and, and your reach. You're in Australia, and we're so thankful to have you join us but in America, maybe we, we we learn about you through social media, but we don't have that direct day-to-day -day connection because of the distance. So just share a little bit more about what you do and, and how you get your message out there. Well, I started off podcasting because I was felt that I was unable to write a blog post every week. And so I thought, oh, I'd like to talk, so I'll just record a podcast. <laughs> so, And then the podcast evolved. And because women's voices weren't there, I always aimed to have a lot of women being interviewed on the on the podcast. It's really important to me that I provide a forum, uh, a medium, sorry, for women to share their voices on topics about project management or leadership or, you know, delivering great value to organisations. And... And the podcast is my vehicle to get to help improve that, lift that visibility, because I know that when I talk to women about coming on the show or putting their profiles, a lot of them are like, oh, I'm not sure about that. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure that, you know, I've done enough. Have I really done enough to be able to put myself out there more, which surprises me. And one of the people... This year, she wrote me. She wrote me a note via LinkedIn. And Elise, I really love your initiative. I finally um, gathered up enough courage to put myself up this year. I saw it last year, but I felt that I wasn't ready to do that. And I just think that if I can provide a mechanism or a platform, sorry, that inspires women to to take a small risk and put themselves out there more, then that encourages other women to to put themselves out there a bit more and get comfortable with being more visible. And the more visible women are, the more they see project management as a great career and have great opportunities and hopefully more applicants for roles, for project management roles. Yeah, and, I, and just looking through... What I love about the initiative is the questions that you've list, you've asked mm -hmm. and the responses you get back, right? You get to learn the people. It's not just a, here's, here's an initiative, right? You actually meet them. And Cornelia, what, what kind of struck me when I looked at your profile you put out there is 
the three different women as mentors really have helped shape your career. Can you talk about them and, and how that happened? Yeah. So when I was doing my master's degree, we had to research industry, um, you know, trends and just industry resources available. And so I was Googling and then, you know, project management and then I typed woman in there, (laughs) just crossing my fingers and hoping. And at the time, Elizabeth Heron came up and her blog is a girl's guide to project management. And I can't tell you how many times I have thrown that link to another woman, especially early on in their project management career, because that was the first time that I saw a woman just being open about, you know, what we experience. And there's her blogs do resonate to a little bit more of a softer side that I had seen. You know, a lot of the other project management blogs tend to be, you know, more technical about the methodology. But hers, she was interviewing women about, you know, what's it like and um, and so they spoke about what it's like to be a woman, which sometimes we face some pretty extraordinary challenges that I don't know that men are completely aware of the way that we are, um, you know, the, the perception of of what's being communicated to us. So I just really valued that. The other two that I listed is Kate Anderson. So she's a co-host on the PM Happy Hour. And the way that I found that podcast was she had a episode of sassy and assertive and it was her and the male co-host kim and she was talking to him about have you ever experienced this and he he was like bewildered by what she had been experienced just having to think about you know i'm going into a really important meeting and what would most people do they would prepare their notes they'd make sure their powerpoint presentation but as a woman you're like okay Am I wearing the right thing? Am I sending the right message, you know, visually? So the fact that we have to, and I, I can't remember Quim's, Kim's exact quote, but he said something about like, gosh, what, what an added distraction. It's like, I would love mm-hmm. to just be able to focus on <laughs> my meeting. You know, I don't want to think about, okay, is my hair up making me look younger? Is my hair down making me look older or tired? You know, that kind of stuff. And then. Joe, to your last point, my third one was Amanda Souders. And I I don't honestly know if she knows that I even posted her. And I want to reach out and let her know because I think that's the other important thing for, for women to realize is how many people are looking up to you that you don't even know. And so I, Amanda was a VP at Infusionsoft. And I remember every single meeting I was in, she had her laptop closed and she was focusing on every single person in the room. And that to me just was so amazing. And she had some very hard conversations with CEOs that I was in the room with because I was a project manager and they were part of my projects. And the way that she spoke authentically about her worries was something that I just like I mean I had like doe eyes of like oh my gosh you can be a VP woman and you can be vulnerable and speaking of women leaders of course Linda you work for an organization that has a powerhouse woman CEO and founder tell us a little bit about how that's been important in your life and and how it works at WebPT yeah, it's um, it was one of the things that drew me to WebPT. When I was leaving my last role, I enjoyed the company I worked for, but I didn't particularly like traveling all of the time. So I was looking for a company. I didn't want to just leave for another job, right? So it had to be, because I was at such a great company, it had to be the exact right position. And um, WebPT fit all of those um, pieces for me. And just kind of the cherry on top was that we had a female founder and um, our CEO um, is a woman. It's been neat to kind of to kind of watch them um, navigate, you know, 
know, kind of that next level. Uh, the rest of our senior team, other than our um, founder and the CEO, are men. And so it's kind of interesting to watch them interact in that environment how they portray themselves um, to the entire organization. So it's kind of nice to have people like that to look up to. I actually, um, now that we're kind of sitting here talking about it, and when I had to fill that out, I realized I, while I've worked with some great women over the years, I haven't had anyone kind of at that level um, that I've worked with so closely that I've been able to kind of look up to and see how they navigate that world. So it's been kind of nice. And I unfortunately feel like maybe I'm in a little bit of a rare position to have that <laughs> luxury, uh, which I think is kind of one of the challenges um, that we face. And, and again, it, go ahead, Elise. It is. And that's why visibility is so important. So, so when you read the McKinsey reports and the Deloitte Access reports here in Australia about women CEOs and senior leadership report, reports and about the lack, especially here in Australia, the lack of women at senior leadership positions, then if you can't see someone, how can you, you're taking away the, oh, if she can do it and she's able to do these things, then I can do that as well. And I think that that's a, one of the real drivers behind what I was trying to do is about if we improve our visibility, then we're going to get more speaking gigs at PMI conferences or we're going to encourage women to put themselves forward for project management awards or we're going to encourage women to become leaders of great infrastructure projects. And having that visibility is such an important thing, but it starts with giving people a forum. But let's see all the women in the senior leadership positions within organisations, not just within project management. And this is such a, a company by company situation that some organisations are really female friendly and others are quite toxic. It's really hard to pick them. So what can we do to encourage more women to share right it's again i'm i'm have the outside perspective here and i'm a bit like kim right as you mentioned from the other <laughs> podcast is you know i've never had to think about what i'm wearing when i go into a a meeting so how do we help educate us men to understand that we need to be aware of of how we communicate and project management roles and interviews and and all the stuff that you're all addressing today you know, here's a here's your platform. Here's a voice to be able to share that and help educate some of us men out there who've been in the industry a while but just never really thought about it this way. At a former um, place that I worked, we actually had a women's um, network. It was really interesting because it failed. And I think the reason that it failed was because when they first were starting the initiative, they said, okay, you know, our our men are all senior or the senior leadership was all men. And so they're like, you know, if we want support for a budget and different kinds of uh, resources for this, we need to include them. And there was the founding group of women were like, absolutely not. Do not include them. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think that's such a shame. So, I mean, to your point, part of the whole conversation is having everybody involved in the conversation mm -hmm. and being able to speak, you know, be able to speak up. It's not always it's not always easy to I think as a woman to say like, you know, that that was inappropriate. I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but just to be like, you know, that statement kind of made me uncomfortable, you know, and just to be able to 
to start to bring it to the table. I think that's one of the things you mentioned that Me Too movement's doing is people are starting to come out of the woodworks and just being able to speak up. Yeah, I agree. I think it's definitely important to be able to speak up. Obviously, you know, in the appropriate setting, don't call people out. Um, But that could be um, the female in me talking. I know for me, um, I think what you're saying, bringing uh, men to the table. So don't just isolate ourselves as women um, is really important. Um, I've done a decent amount of networking and I have focused on like women's networking. And I, you know, I love this initiative. Um, But our CEO, uh, YPT CEO, Nancy Hamm, was recently interviewed um, and I read her interview and she actually, she's um, very, much pro networking. Um, But she said something that I really hadn't um, thought about previously. And she said, make sure you're not just networking with women, Mm -hmm. you're networking with men as well. And um, while I do some of that, I I think that's really important now kind of reflecting on it, especially what you said, is it's great to have visibility um, within ourselves as women. But in in order for us to kind of break down those barriers, we're going to have to put ourselves out there um, with everybody and be visible with everybody to at some point, you know, ultimately, that will just be the norm. And no one will be treated differently or, or talked about differently. And Elise, you just posted something about the queen bee. So I think that's something really important as well as at least you mentioned that you're giving us the medium to communicate and to have, I love on your Facebook group, you have self-promotion. I think the other thing that we should also focus on is just promoting other women. So on LinkedIn, I've, I've noticed lately that they have this kudos praise thing yeah. that you can do and just, you know, overtake the queen bees by promoting all of the great thing that we're doing. There's so many women that I've run into that, you know, I, I think someone earlier mentioned the inner imposter. The first time I heard about that, I was at a women's conference and to have it have a name meant so Mm -hmm. much to me. And so to know that that wasn't, you know, something just personal, everybody was feeling that. And so the, the woman that was giving the presentation, she said right before a meeting, she would text her best friend and say, hey, I'm going into a hard meeting. And her friend would text back, you got it, you know? <laughs> and so like I've been, that would have never crossed my mind. But even now, like I'm sure a lot of organizations have Slack. I'll Slack my, um, you know, my, co- my colleagues and be like, hey, I'm going into a really hard meeting. And just to have them have your back, like, you know, you, you're going to rock this. It's just, I don't know. It's just so important to continue to rise everybody up with you um, in this promotion. And and be generous. So one of the unexpected outcomes or unexpected things with the Celebrating Women in Project Management was that being by by being generous with other women and celebrating other women that I was able to raise my profile as well. So it wasn't about me. It was about how great these other women were and being able to highlight that, I think, really gives you an inner inner glow, if you like, and but also it enables you to not be seen as, you know, me, 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 me. Just on the other point about what we can do, I think that when we see low numbers of women in organisations, everyone needs to think about why this is, why this is happening and start to question it. I was working somewhere and I said, where are all the women in this group of project managers? And the guy I was working with went, what what do you mean? And I said, well, where are they? And he went, it was like I was asking a foreign question. 
And I said, well, where are they? And he goes, I, I don't understand what you're talking about. He said, well, one's on maternity leave and one's here. And I'm going, so out of 30 project managers, you've got two women, one of whom's on maternity leave. And he's like, oh, oh. And, and then it was totally forgotten. But no one was doing anything to think about improving the diversity of project managers because the diversity is so important to have diversity of thought, diversity of approach, and because that is really about what it's important about delivering great outcomes for our customers and by doing that, by thinking about new innovative ways. And I think that diversity is so important. I think one of the things that I'm hearing, right, with the male perspective is really the initiative seems to be about inclusion and not exclusion. You're not, you're not mm-hmm. saying exclude men from the conversation. It's actually include them in the conversation to make them be more aware. Is, does that tie in, Elise? Is that, was that kind of a, an intent or maybe a secondary benefit that may have come out of this? Yeah. Yes, most definitely. And I have to share a funny story with you because I was on the PMI chat room thing or just looking at something about women's pay in project management and there was this whole conversation between a whole group of men saying what a load of baloney it was that there was a pay a gender pay gap and what struck me as funny about that was that men were talking about women's pay <laughs> and, I'm like, and what would you know yeah how would you they know, know? yeah <laughs> and i'm like truly you can't see the irony <laughs> of this conversation <laughs> Well, it's it's interesting to hear the the discussion, and obviously, I feel like I just need to pull back, right? And, and you all talk, no. because, but it's great to to understand and have this discussion because we need to. To your point, Elise, right? My whole show was started to give project management leaders a voice in our industry to share their story, right? That's that's kind of our tagline. But I didn't consciously think it was that women or is that men? It was just mm-hmm. leaders. And I've always seen it as both. And if you, I think if you go through my guest list, it's probably pretty, it may even be more women than men that we've had on the show. So I, then when I saw this, it was fascinating. So again, I, from your perspectives, what what are some of the benefits that we think that we can get out of this initiative and as it continues to grow, right? I think it's going to snowball, like Elisa's saying, and it's going to continue to grow. What are what what the diversity of thought, obviously, that Elise just mentioned, but what are some of the other benefits that we're going to get out of this? I think um, I think there's a couple. One, obviously, the diversity and just visibility in general to the women in project management. One for myself as a woman in project management to have other people that I can reach out to. The second one, I think, is that we can start talking about some of the things that maybe we're not talking about openly, like you were talking earlier, Cornelia, about um, imposter syndrome. Um, and so I've, that's something that I've struggled with um, early in my career. Um, I'd like to say more than half of the time I don't struggle with that now. So I think that that's, that's definitely an improvement. But in my profile, um, I said some of the best advice that I had received was believe in yourself. 
I know early on in my career, I would kind of question, am I worthy to be here? Am I, have I done what I need to do to get to this space? And kind of looking back on it, it doesn't, you know, I was there, like take, you know, capitalize on that experience. Don't necessarily ask all the million questions as to why you're there um, and work really hard to, to keep going and get to the next level. And don't just kind of sit back um, and wait for people to come for you. Um, so I think that that for me, um, like you're saying, it was kind of like a light bulb moment for you when you heard someone talking about it. It was very much the same for me um, because I was like, oh, other people feel this way. It's not just me. I'm not the only person who's kind of out of place. And when I got that advice, and honestly, I don't remember who gave it to me, unfortunately. Um, so if you're out there and listening, <laughs> this shout out to you. Um, but it's something that really stuck with me. And I've ever since I've kind of had that mind shift where I believe in myself. I believe I can do these things. The door started kind of opening and because I was no longer the one standing in my way. And I think that was just kind of a valuable lesson for me. And obviously, I still struggle with it from time to time. It'll probably never go away fully, but it helps me kind of get through those things. And I think that kind of tying back to your question, I think those types of conversations are the ones that that we need to be having while also raising our profiles and being more visible. I think for me, when... Because of the time zone, the, when the initiative was going on, I would wake up every single day to a new post. That was like the most, <laughs> like my alarm clock goes off and then see which woman was being featured today. So was I, by the way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so for me, it was just, I don't know, it's like this extraordinary celebration. I can't even put it into words how how amazing it was for me just to be able to share and all these achievements for women. And even to be completely honest, when I'm having a hard day, like I'll go to her site, Elisa's site and be like, Oh man, look at all these people that are doing amazing things. And it's, I mean, beyond women, there's, there's a, a multitude of people in their careers. So I can look back at like the younger people and feel like, okay, like, you know, how can I help a person that you know, might be sitting next to me that is in this same person's shoes. Or for me, as I grow in my career, that I'm looking at the people that, you know, they have 15, 20 years of experience and how can I grow up to be them? So I think that it's just, it's so neat that it's out there on the internet to Google and to be inspired. The other thing that I thought was, so again, I appreciate Elise's giving us the medium for self promo because that has never been something that I have really been, you know, I might tap myself on the back, read my resume sometimes. But what I found is, so I'm I'm professional on LinkedIn, I put all my certs, but I'm actually pretty, um, you know, silly on Facebook. I'll just admit it. I have a bubbly personality. So my Facebook is my friends, my family. I post a lot of yarn and cat photos, you know, <laughs> but I posted my women in project management profile and I, and. I'll be honest, the post I said is like, it's my life is more than puppies and rainbows. I'm actually a professional woman. And I think I said the same thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and my 17-year-old cousin, I've only met her once, but she shared it and she was like, that's my cousin heart. And she's like getting ready to choose, you know, she's graduating high school and she's choosing what she wants to be in her life. And so it was just so... Like, I, it made me stop to think, like, I'm celebrating all these women, but, I mean, some of these women are celebrating me, you know? And then, of course, my mom shares it, my grandma shares it, and then I'm, like, there's this, like, trickle, or ripple effect, I mean, of just being celebrated. So it's just, I don't know, it just feels awesome. <laughs> <laughs> 
and through this exercise, I'm, I'm learning a lot of things. Like I didn't know what a fiber artist was <laughs> until I met Cornelia. So she shared that with me. So thank you for that. And imposter syndrome, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not familiar with this, right? So hearing this on the show today has been helpful. And, and I, you know, I can take a moment in time to think about this as you're all talking and put me in my circle of friends in the, the group that I grew up with in project management. And it, in those memories pretty much are the good old boys network, right? Mm-hmm. And I, and I can just hear them say, Joe, you're having a show celebrating women. Why are you doing that? Right. And unfortunately, I think that's just the mindset that's out there. And I hate to admit that, but I think that's just reality. So how do we, what do we learn from this show? Right. How do we take this and help that network of people that may have been the traditional way that men thought and poo pooed this message and, and made it insignificant to actually celebrate it, like Cornelia just said? I think that. What the thing that you're doing is that either consciously or unconsciously, you've got about 50-50 women and men on your show. And I think that having that balanced view is is doing its job. It's normal to have a woman on your show, the woman's, uh, a woman's voice talking about risks or issues or stakeholder engagement, running PMOs, whatever the topic. It just shows to anyone that's listening and in the social, the world of social media, that this is the normal. And I think that having that balanced view is so important. And that's the theme of International Women's Day this year is better balance. And I think that we can have better balance in our social media, getting encouraging more women to put themselves out there, And that then translates into people questioning the diversity of the team, of their project management team. And I think that once we start questioning these things, and there's this whole thing about uh, gender quotas or different things, and it's like, can we not have everyone the same. I was talking to someone the other day and they were telling me about a big infrastructure company here in Australia and it's the same. Everyone on the ELT and SLT is blonde, blue eye, male, Australian or English. So you tell me about diversity of thought in that organisation. You know, and again, I brought up kind of Me Too movement as well and and I always try to make the show basic and, and not be project management lingo. So we recently saw Avengers Endgame, probably like the rest of the world. And I hope I don't spoil it for anybody. So stop listening for about a minute if you do. <laughs> but it, it, you think back to this conversation and you say, hey, Black Widow sacrificed instead of Hawkeye. And that never would have happened probably 20 years ago mm-hmm. because it was mm-hmm. the man who mm-hmm. would have sacrificed himself. I just think it's becoming more popular. It's becoming more the norm, maybe not the norm, but it may be more accepted. And in these discussions, I guess I'm glad to be a part of it just to make sure that it's it's out there. Thinking about social cultural activities and outside the project management realm, because our lives do include work, right? the work-life balance. How is this part of work-life balance, right? And, and how does that come into play? Well, I think that everyone needs flexible working because the groups that really suffer from 
coming back into project management or having great project management careers are women with children. And there's still a perception, unfortunately, that it's a woman's choice to have children. And so if she's choosing to have children, then it's her career that needs to be paused. And it's like, no, I thought it was a family's view to have a child, you know. And But workplaces, especially here in Australia, aren't very, um, there are some organisations that are good but aren't very family-friendly, flexible. But men need that flexibility as well. And it, we shouldn't be afraid to say, hey, I've got to go and pick up children and it shouldn't be just the the woman doing it but also the man. And I think that by having better diversity, it actually helps men as well. Linda, Cornelia, thoughts on that as well? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely agree with that. I think um, having a flexible schedule, you know, people are more likely going to perform better as well um, just because, you, you know, there really is no separation from work in your life. You know, everything all kind of collides um, as best, at least for me, the best I, I've ever tried to separate them. It doesn't work out that way. Um, so, you know, work to me is very important and it is definitely a big part of my life, um, but I definitely want the flexibility to be involved in other things um, and don't want to necessarily um, be looked at differently if if I need to do that or need to do something from a family perspective. Yeah, I think this for me is I have a hard time with the gender um, paradigm here because, I mean, I'm in my mid-30s and my husband and I aren't going to have kids. We've made that decision. And so I don't think that, you know, as a woman that doesn't have kids that I should work anymore. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. I... So I think for me, when you talk about family and life balance and work balance, it's just being able to, you know, have um, have boundaries and 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 be able to to spend time with what what um, continues to to give you strength. You know, I I was listening to a podcast and I was talking about strengths and, and weaknesses, and they were talking about the strengths are the things that like keep you going, and so that's what you should focus on. So sometimes. I mean, I have time for work and sometimes I will work more hours, you know what I mean? But that's, that shouldn't be taken as I'm sacrificing my life or my career or anything. So I, I have a hard time with the gender diversion on that because I, I think men should get just as much paternity time, you know? So, but I did want to go back to your, uh, talk about the, the, um, Avengers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We could talk all day about that topic too. <laughs> there was a, a podcast I stumbled on and I can't, I'm going to butcher the name, but it, I want to say it's called the bench, benchel test. And so there's this test within, uh, within movies and it's, they run it through this like algorithm or something. And it's, it scores if two women are in a scene and whether or not they're talking to each other and whether or not they're talking about a man. So I just thought that was so interesting. And so, I mean, to your point, it's been so amazing for me to see Wonder Woman, you know, like mm -hmm. to see these strong female leads. And I love the scene in Wonder Woman where she, where she's like walking into a room full of men and he's like, you can't go in there. She's like, why not? You know? So like, sometimes it's like her ignorance of, of, of a, an American culture where like the men are dominating, like was actually very enlightening. Cause it's, it's, and I wrote this in my, in my profile is I, 
I was having this conversation about, you know, men versus women to a man. And, and he's like, you know, honest to God, sometimes I don't notice that you're the only woman in the room. You know, so sometimes I feel like we put all this pressure of like, oh, I'm the only one sitting here. And to your point, like I've been, I've been brought to the table. I need to just own that. So don't, you know, as a woman, I try never to start a sentence with as a woman, I blah, blah, blah. It's as a professional, I blah, 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 you know? Mm-hmm. And I think, again, because I'll keep going back to the Avengers, but at the kind of the beginning of that movie, we see Iron Man is essentially going to die, right? He's just floating in space. And who saves him? Mm-hmm. Captain Marvel, the woman, comes to the rescue and, and saves him. And again, I don't think... Um, and maybe kudos to, to Marvel for doing this intentionally or unintentionally, I think probably intentionally, having Captain Marvel be a woman and letting the world of young women out there have a role model to look up to. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I want to make sure in the project management space we have the same thing. And Elise, you say next year is bigger, stronger, faster, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to get better. What does next year look like for the initiative? I'm still rum- ruminating on that. At the moment, I've got to find something that's a a good balance between what I can achieve without killing myself and (laughs) encouraging women to participate. And I think that that's the big thing is that it does take a lot of, it takes a lot of good effort to connect with women and encourage them to share their profiles. But it's not just a, a case, unfortunately, of putting the thing up putting the form up and women flock to it and go, yes, yes. So it, it takes a bit of work. So I've got to balance what what I need to do to make it successful and what, you know, and how I can do that within the time I have available. And I'm brainstorming on the fly here, but it, as, as it continues to grow and expand, it's almost think because there's so many countries represented, but even with that many, it's still a fraction of what's out there. What about almost brand ambassadors within different countries to go help you, right, to to broaden your reach, like Cornelia here in the States <laughs> being the person that's going to kind of rally the U.S. To, to capture 100 women in the U.S. And that's something I haven't explored, but it's a great idea. I was talking to someone the other day, and she's going to Iran. Um, she's Iranian herself, and uh, she's going to Iran, and she's going to try and rally the women in project management there because – They've got a very patriarchal society over there and the same in Brazil. Um, Vanessa's doing a great job with her ALAS project to get certification for 100 women and, you know, but very patriarchal society. So highlighting women in these countries and showing them what is achievable is a great way to encourage more women. And so it's... It is. It is about getting that brand ambassador thing going. Great idea. Thank you, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. Uh, and I'm always here to help out as, as necessary. And going back, to, <laughs> going back to uh, the profiles, Linda, on yours, one of the questions is the most valuable advice I'd ever been given is don't doubt yourself. Yeah. Can you help us understand that yeah, for more? sure. So kind of going back to that imposter syndrome, um, 
especially as project managers, right? So earlier I was saying you're kind of, I feel like throughout my career, I've been a little bit isolated from a project management perspective because not in a bad way, it's just kind of the nature of the job, right? So you may be on a large project where there are several project managers, but you could be on a medium um, sized project or even a large project where you're the only um, project manager. So you're kind of thrust on the team with um, all these people who are specialists in whatever they're doing, whatever that project is. Um, so you don't necessarily have someone with you to kind of talk about. So there's that isolation piece. And then I've always I've rarely done the same project twice. I, I don't think anyone really has. So every um, I'm constantly thrust in situations where I really um, maybe don't have prior experience. That's part of what I love about it, but that can also be a little bit daunting, right? And so early on in my career, I would maybe kind of question, am I the right person for this? Do I have the right experience? Shouldn't someone who's done this 50 times be here instead of me? But I learned kind of early on that, you know, I can't think like that. That's not productive for me, and it doesn't allow me to be the best employee or, you know, just person in general that I can be. So learning not to doubt myself. Um, so anytime I'm thrust in kind of a situation where I've never had to do it before, my inner voice might creep up and say, oh, how are you going to do this? But, you know, come back and say, I know I can do this. I've gotten through all of these other things before. Um, I am the right person for this. I think there's um, a TED Talk and we watched it at work the other day and by Amy Cuddy, I believe is her name, where she says, um, fake it till you become it. Kind of what I started doing early on. And then at some point, you just kind of become it and believe in yourself. So definitely, you know, as best you can, stop questioning yourself if you're doing that and, um, and just believe that you're the right person for the job and you're going to get it done. Well, I know, again, Elise has this great initiative that's going, and, and you two all the way over here in Arizona have been featured in there, but you really hadn't had an opportunity to interact with Elise directly before, so I don't know, if is there anything you want to say to Elise now that you're here with her? Um, for me, um, you know, obviously I want to continue to stay connected virtually, um, but just kind of thank you. Thank you for having this idea. I think it comes down to... Um, you know, have, being creative and thinking of that to try to elevate um, uh, those of us who maybe aren't the most creative because um, I would have just kept my head down and kept working, right? Um, so it's kind of nice to um, to see people who are thought leaders um, in that space and and I'm very grateful to be included. Yeah, I'm, I definitely, <laughs> I mirror that 100%. I just, I have so much gratitude for you giving us a medium to, um, to have self-promotion because there's no way there's no way I would have started a website and been like hey my name's Cornelia I'm pretty cool <laughs> you know but I feel like at least thank you so much and again I don't know how often you realize this but I'm on that website so much just like I said if I'm having a bad day there was this uh show I watched a long time uh, it was Oprah but so this woman had bought Oprah's shoes on a um auction and so she she bought Oprah's shoes and she went on to Oprah's show and in the guest and she's like I bought your shoes and Oprah's thinking like well that's weird why are you wearing my shoes and she's like when I stand in your shoes I have your confidence and so that for <laughs> me is just reading those profiles is just I mean all of these women they've accomplished so many things and so I appreciate all of the hard work that you've done to collect it and I just I really hope that this initiative continues for many years well my heart is bursting because it is so nice. You know, I'm 
grateful to have the opportunity to meet fantastic women like you and to provide a platform that allows you to use it to in- increase your visibility. And, you know, I uh, so for that and for all the profiles you shared and commented, it means a lot. It really means a lot to all the women and others in project management. So thank you. Thank you for being in it and championing it and, and encouraging other women who have done fabulous things to submit their profiles. And also, Elise, you've you've actually participated. You're not just organizing this. Your profile is out there as well. And I love um, the t- the question is your advice for women on finding success as a project manager. And your answer was be yourself, believe in your abilities, wear as much color as you want, and wear it in confidence. <laughs> and I thought yeah. that was that just we knew who you were based on that answer. So thank well, you so much for that. So- well, years ago, I was working in a role and, you know, I wear a lot of colour. And the woman that was in charge, I've got lots of hair, you know. <laughs> There's a lot going on with my hair. I wear a lot of colour. <laughs> and the woman that was in charge had very short hair. You know, she still had a wardrobe that came out of Dynasty. And <laughs> and she looked at me and it annoyed her <laughs> because... <laughs> She was very structured. She looked very structured. You know, she had the compendium going on. She looked at me and she couldn't understand how someone that wore a lot of colour and had a lot of hair, a lot of uncontrolled hair, could deliver successful outcomes. And it perplexed her and she really didn't like me that much. But she had to concede that I got the job done. And I think that there's this pressure to be um, normalised, that we all fit into the same cookie cutter. And But what makes us individuals is what makes us great project managers, I think. And so powerful. And, uh, you know, one last spoiler alert. It has nothing to do with <laughs> Avengers, but this time Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> How cool was it that the badass at the end was Arya Stark killing yeah. the Night King? Yes. Right? That was so <laughs> awesome. Uh, if it had been Jon Snow, it would have ruined the show. So I'm glad that they had to be Arya Stark. I'm going to be, have to be left out of this conversation right. I don't. <laughs> I'm like the only person left. That's probably true. Uh, well, it's again, it, as with all shows, right? I mean, the time flies. We're, we're basically up against our hour here. And Elise, Linda, and Cornelia, I want to thank you so much for being on the show and helping to bring enlightenment to me and to be able to understand this initiative a little bit better and be able to appreciate it a little more. And I want to give you a chance to share with the audience one last thoughts that you have, how they can get in touch with you or any information you want to share with them. So Elise, we'll start with you. Anything that you want to share with the audience before we sign off? I am so thrilled to be able to chat with Cornelia and Linda and understand why the the platform and the initiative spoke to them. So that's been really, really cool. And, you know, I'm just so pleased that women find it a a great way to take a little risk and to be a bit more visible. So my heart is um, bursting Mm -hmm. at the moment. And how people can get in contact with me is on LinkedIn. But my message is that for 2020, think about pushing yourself out there a bit more and submitting your profile because 
you've done fabulous things and you've got something to share to inspire others. Thank you so much for being on and, and really appreciate you. Um, with the time difference, I know it's very early in Australia for thank you for, for starting your day with us. Mm-hmm. And uh, Linda, give you a chance as well. Yeah. I just want to say thank you guys for including us um, in this initiative and for Joe for including us in the show. Um, me, it's been fun to be back. Um, and this is such a, a great um, platform. So is Elisa's initiative as well. Um, anyone who wants to reach out to me, you can do so on LinkedIn. Great. Thank you so much, Linda. I think you're maybe our second or third returning guest. So oh, it's glad to have you back uh, nice with honor. us. Yeah. And Cornelia. Yeah. um, Again, thank you for having us. And thank you to Elise. I just, my last closing thought is just to make sure that, I mean, I know that we are all masters of our own destiny and own your own, you know, self-promotion, but I would also just encourage other women to, you know, let's kill that queen bee. (laughs) If you see a woman that is, you know, needing encouragement, I would just say, like, the first thing I do when I, I am looking up a company, I look to see who their leaders are. And more often than not, they're men. And so we need to build the pipeline. What do you do in marketing? You build your pipeline. So we need to build the pipeline of all the women leaders. And that starts with encouraging, you know, the woman in new in her career and giving her a chance. So, and you can find me on LinkedIn. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much, all of you, for sharing. And thank you to our listeners. Uh, this is a reminder, of course, that we are live the first and third Thursday each month. And our next show will be Thursday, May 16th. We're also going to be at 1 o'clock because we have another guest coming to us live from Australia. Julia Steele will be joining us along with uh, Renee Campisi here locally in Phoenix. Also, these shows are being recorded. So please be sure to subscribe to the podcast, Project Management Office Hours, on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Spreaker, Stitcher, whatever your podcast platform of choice is. Of course, thank you to our new sponsor, PM Master Prep, uh, and also our existing sponsor, the PMO Squad. You can visit pmmasterprep.com, use promo code PMOJOE, and receive 20% off. Well, that's it for now. Office hours are closed. Until next time, I'm PMO Joe, and you've been listening to Project Management Office Hours. Mm-hmm.